What's up, guys? It's Bradley with the Insurance Guys Podcast. Hey, look, recently I actually got two more days out of my month. If you know me and you know how tight my schedule is, me getting two more days is huge. And I'm going to tell you how I did that. I did that with CoverDesk. Guys, this is not a testimonial, even though they are a sponsor. It's not a testimonial. It's not a made-up story. This is a real-life story. Me as a new agency owner, obviously, my business organization chart, I fill 80% of the seats, right? Well, one of the things that I do because I wanted to make sure that my people get paid right is I reconcile all my commission statements for all my carriers. And literally, guys, when it comes around payroll time, it takes two whole days for me to reconcile for the agency and reconcile for my agents. And I recently trained my cover desk virtual assistant on how to reconcile the agency commissions for my management system, which I'll say is not a popular management system. It's a newer management system. And I was able to train her how to do that. Literally, guys and gals, it bought me two extra days in the month. I could get two more days of production, get two more days with my family. Think about what you could get from two days. That's what this service from CoverDesk has provided me. Give CoverDesk a call or head over to www.coverdesk.com. Thanks. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? Are you just down there just selling insurance? You look like you're in the middle of writing quotes and doing our make. We are making the donuts today, my friend. Making the donut. I'll tell you how my morning started. I'll I'll put a flip the script on you and do a Scott story. Awesome. Uh, This morning, Wednesdays are my mornings not to go to the gym. So I sleep in an hour later than I normally do. And kind of had a rough day yesterday, just super busy. Uh, went home at 3.30, which if you know me, I never do. And I just kind of work from home for a couple hours. Went to bed early, recharged. It was going to hit today, ready to go. And, you know, I was going to have a good eight, nine hours of sleep. And uh, in the middle of the night, I heard something in my living room. I don't know what it was, but I definitely heard something. And then thought I saw something, which I think was my eye playing tricks on me. And, of course, had to get up and go make sure that, Nobody was about to pillage us. As I was walking back to the bedroom, I thought, dear Lord, please, please let it be at least five o'clock. That way it's late enough that I can go ahead and get up. And it was four o'clock. And I was like, golly, I'm going to have to try to go back to sleep. And of course, that did not happen. And then I was going through my morning routine and decided I wanted to knock out a little bit of CE. And got down that rabbit hole of a a 60-question CE uh, certification exam and everything's kind of been hectic since. So that's how my day started. Wow. Well, just think, Bradley, if I had been spending the night with you last night, you know, to do the podcast today in Mobile, I could have been on your couch preventing intruders from (laughs) entering. You would have gotten one more hour of sleep. That's exactly right. Exactly (laughs) right. Guys, we have got a very special podcast for you today. Uh, Before we get that to our guest today, I want to, uh, talk just a second about the mission of our podcast and what we do here. Our mission is very simple. That's to help you agents in any way we can. Bradley and I started this thing over two years ago now, and uh, we have been blessed 
and thankful to have all of you as, as what we feel like is part of our family now. And, you know, I got a call today from somebody and I got a call yesterday from somebody thanking me for what we do on the podcast. And I'm, I'm humbled by that. And, and I'm glad that, that we in some small way have been able to help some folks and uh, we're going to continue to do that. But uh, I think it's time now to bring our guest on and hopefully by the time this is over with, you guys can take a couple of things that you learned today and that we talk about today back to your agencies and move the ball one step forward to greatness. So without further ado, he is from Nutley, New Jersey, and he lives in Hartford, Connecticut. He is married to the beautiful Annette, and he is the owner of Scentwood Consulting and featured in this month's be the last agent standing magazine ladies and gentlemen it is my profound honor to introduce to you today the godfather mr frank sentner how are you frank <laughs> i'm great i feel like i ought to do my marlon brando imitation right now but <laughs> unfortunately i don't have any cotton to jam into my mouth so right right well, Frank, I will say this. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that think a lot of you. I read your biography in the Last Agent Standing magazine. Your time in the industry has been long, and it's been it's a very interesting dynamic of how you got into it and the fact that you have uh, kind of been in the technology arena of, of insurance going way back to the really the 80s and, and 90s and even before that so you know you if anybody would know about agency technology you have you're you're a historian almost I guess that would actually be a, a way of saying that a historian of agency technology even back when there wasn't much agency technology really would that would that be a correct statement I, that's very accurate you know Accord the industry standards body uh, is celebrating their 50th anniversary this year, and I've been at it 45 years. So when I came along, there were a few Accord forms, but they were all paper. Right. And the computers that we sold, well, actually, the company that I first went to work for, mm -hmm. they used to collect the carbon copies of the invoices and the checks uh, created by the agencies, and they would key punch them into a mainframe computer and using those 80 column cards and uh, they would then run uh, reports accounts receivable reports and uh, statements for the agents to distribute by mail and that was all batched up and sent by mail and returned by mail i wasn't hired to have anything to do with that uh, i was hired to sell the first mini computer uh, that they were offering to insurance agents which was not very many it right. was the size of a refrigerator freezer. It only did accounting. It basically took that effort that agents put into typing their invoices and checks and had them actually enter it into the computer, saving the company the cost of the key punching. Right. And then they bought paper from them and printed their own statements and their own uh, reports. And it's sort of been downhill for insurance agents ever since, okay? <laughs> well... The workload has gotten shifted to you guys almost by the insurance carriers, by the management system vendors. All the work is now in the agency, all of it. You know, I hear stories from guys that were in insurance back in the 
early 80s, mid 80s, and they talk about, you know, the old paper machines they used and the, the stuff they used to have to do. It's just like, it's almost like, a, you know, listening to somebody talk about, you know, what life was back when cars were invented. You know, it's just, it's crazy to hear some of those stories. But, you know, you said something in your article. I'm going to end, I'm going to begin this podcast with the end of the article that they did on you in the Be the Last Agent Standing magazine. You said anything an agent uses in the digital world that brings that customer closer will pay dividends. I agree. Definitely something I believe. That is a broad statement that encompasses a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But in that article, you talk about open APIs. You talk about telematics and how companies really have not started uh, utilizing the data that they're all populating from this telematics mm-hmm. thing that everybody seems to be doing now. They're not really using that in a way that you feel like could be beneficial. Risk mitigation technology that agencies like mine could be doing a better job of utilizing uh, to help our commercial clients and our personal lines clients. That's not something that a lot of agents are really, I guess for lack of a better term, sinking their teeth into yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, beyond that chat bots, I mean, we got a lot of stuff to cover today. So let's just start with the open API stuff because that's a big hot button topic in the industry. Sure. I think the, the comment, that I made about um, anything that any technology that an agent uses that brings their customer closer is a good metric to apply across the board. So whenever you're evaluating a technology, you have to ask yourself, is this something that's going to connect me better with my client? And that needs to be your, your mission. So the system that I, that I wrote last, which is the Sajita system that Vertifor sells to large agents and brokers still being used 35 years later, um, captures an enormous amount of data. AMS 360, another system that Vertifor sells, also captures a great deal of data. And I'm talking about drivers, vehicles, additional interests, coverages, underwriting information. All of that is in those systems in a very structured way. Uh, The same is true of Applied's Epic and TAM. They capture all of that information. However, Unfortunately, over the years, the agents have signed contracts with the companies that restrict their access to that data. Mm. So forget who owns the data. It really doesn't matter who owns the data. It's all about who has access to the data and rights to use that data in in a uh, creative way. So the agent does all the work of putting all this information into their system. Some of it may come from download. A lot of times in personal lines, agents put it into the carrier system and wait for the download. But they key that data. So all the work associated with accumulating, accumulating that data is on the agent. And yet when it comes to having access to that data, they have to pay their, their insurance agency management system vendor a really big amount of money. And I'm talking 30,000 or, or so dollars plus transaction fees every time they want to use that data. Mm -hmm. It's their data, and they have to pay for it every time they use it. So if they want to integrate to another platform, and you mentioned chatbots as an example. So I want to integrate my chatbot so that in the course of having a gathering, I can use it as a tool to gather information easily and 
and non-threateningly for my client, okay? I need that data in my management system, right? I don't want to have to rekey the data in my management system. If I key the data into a carrier system, we have agency download. So at least there we have single entry. If I have to key it into my management system and I can't upload that data to the carrier, like in most of commercial lines, I have to rekey it unless I deal with somebody like Tarmica, a commercial lines rating engine, you know, that has integration. So every point in time where that data needs to be moved from the core system that supports an agent, their management system, to another application, be it a, a mobile app, okay, which is a good way to, to, to get really connected with your customer. If you're on your phone, then you're part of their ecosystem, right? If they can pay or make a change or request a, a, a piece of information or a document using their phone, you're much better connected to them. Right. And if we use these APIs properly, the agent is never out of the loop, right? So if it's a claim, let's say, and I want to use the mobile app to report the claim, it's okay for that claim to go direct to the carrier. In many cases, agents have the 800 number for their carrier's claim center as their service you know, page for claims, right? right. right. I, don't, I don't actually agree with that, but that's if you're willing to let them call the 800 number for the carrier, then having them report the claim in their mobile app, take the pictures, you know, all the things that would be necessary to do a good job and connect it directly to the carrier. It also at the same time, using that same API mechanism can go directly into your management system. Mm -hmm. But if you have to pay a separate license or your mobile app provider has to pay a separate license plus transaction fees, every time they integrate with your management system, you're really not going to be able to cost justify this. Right. So I think carriers have done as good a job as they can, given the technologies that the agency management system vendors have applied to do that integration. But when it comes to all the new technologies you mentioned, the risk mitigation IoT technology, the mobile apps, the chatbots, the rating engines, they're not being cooperative. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, most agents, at least to the, for the two larger vendors, have signed contracts that restrict their access to that data. They've literally given the keys to the kingdom to their management system vendor. In the contract, it says that those management system vendors have the right to utilize their data anonymously and aggregated, of course, but to use that data to derive learnings, understandings about their customers mm -hmm. and sell it back to them. In fact, sell it to other third parties. Right. They're taking data that belongs to all the agents and creating appetite guides for, for all the agents. Mm -hmm. and, and yet the agents have to pay for that, their data, and they don't get to participate in the economic benefits that come from it. Mm -hmm. And make no mistake, we're talking about huge dollars. The $5.35 billion just paid by Roper Technologies to buy Vertifor is based almost 100% on the value of your data. And you, as their customer, have participated in none of that. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the fact that a large majority of the data that is housed in those systems was there was a principal agent somewhere that paid, whether it was an internet lead, a postcard, a correct bill, acquisition cost, 
Yeah. It, it, so, so you're, you're, it's, it, they're utilizing age. They're, they're muling the back of agents who are paying for all this to get in their system and then turning around and selling it or, you know, making you pay to get your information back. Yeah. And it's a double whammy because not only are you having to pay for whatever utilization of the data they do, and believe me, they're not very good at it. Right. But they also, because they want to control that data, want to restrict access. And so that's why the APIs are poor to begin with and ridiculously expensive. Now, there are management system vendors that don't do that. Hawksoft, for instance, has a very reasonable price for their API, and they make 100% of the policy data available to their agents who subscribe to it, and, in it, and they'll integrate with anyone. Right. I've worked on three integration efforts, one for a mobile app provider, one for an AI and machine learning platform that does customer experience and, and sentiment analysis, and one for a certificates of insurance, actually correction, verification of insurance. I don't even like to use the term certificate. I hate them that much. Right. But it does the verification for the requester, for the certificate holder, so right. that instead of having to go through thousands of certificates every year at a point in time, to verify if the customer's in compliance and forget about the rest of the year. <laughs> we have run about a 30% fraud rate with these certificates, right? right? Right. They're notified every time something changes and it's only if it changes in a material way to violate their requirements, their compliance requirements. So these are really, really valuable applications, right? And they're, the three of them are all integrated with Hawksoft right now. Only one of them, potentially going to be, they're in the Orange Partner Program and they're paying for it, but they're not actually getting access to the API yet. Right. So, you know, this, this is not the way we should be running our industry. And the agents have to take control of this situation. The agents have to get their trade association to take control of this situation mm -hmm. because you have to speak with one voice. When a, when a management system vendor has 9,000 agents, one individual agent, unless they're really, really large, isn't going to be able to move the needle. Right. You said something a second ago that alluded to um, the standardization of data. Yep. One problem, every, most people listening to this, I'm sure have heard the term garbage in, garbage out. But one of the problems we've had that we've had to kind of get our lasso around is, you know, I may enter my data into my management to you know my portion of our management system completely different than one of my employees does. And talk about the importance of having a systematized way in which you enter your data into your management system. Well, there's, there's actually two components to that, Bradley. The, the, the one is how structured the system is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and, and agents, are confronted with a very complex business problem. They need to submit information in a way that their carriers can consume it. And each carrier has nuances to the way in which they write coverage, okay? So there is a great deal of variability. And so one of the approaches that a lot of management systems have taken is to give you basically a free form area where you can describe the coverage any way you want, right? That's sort of the lowest common denominator. Some of them have imported all of the coverage codes and descriptions from Accord, of which there are thousands, okay? And, you know, giving some allowance for the wording differences, they should do the job for any agency. However, those, those, carry, those agency management systems 
have also let the agents create some of their own codes and descriptions if they didn't like the ones that Accord had, okay? So at least some of the data is structured and standardized in a way that you know that it's being consistently used from agency to agency. And then, of course, there are the very structured systems, and Sajida happens to be one of them, in which you use the Accord codes, and that's all you use, okay? If you have a, a limit and you think it should say included, you can put that in remarks somewhere, but you're not going to put the letters I-N-C-L-U-D-E-D in a numeric field, because that's a numeric field. I'm sort of a hard ass when it comes to data purity, okay? Right. Now, the other part of that is how you use your system. In other words, your procedures. And you need to set up your procedures, and you need to monitor those procedures. But I'll tell you something that I've discovered most recently working with one of my startups and actually my agent. Chris Paradiso. He has a system that's in the middle range, right? Hawksaw. They have all the accord codes and descriptions, but they also allow the agency to put in their own codes and descriptions. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of work at Paradiso cleaning up their data over the last year or so. Right. And part of that was occasioned by a data conversion uh, from Amos 360 to Hawksaw. The other part of it is they now have a platform where their people are given information back that has been consumed by the Ori, Aureus Analytics Donna platform. And when they go in and they're presented with circumstances that have been derived from their own data that are anomalous, mm -hmm. they suddenly get the fact that they needed to do a better job of putting it in the first place. Right. If you give agents and their people access to understandings and learnings from the data they're putting in, they will take it much more seriously and they will be much more disciplined out of a sense of self-preservation. You can't expect people to do something that doesn't have an impact on them just because you wrote it in your policies and procedures. They're human beings. They're busy. It's a lot of hard work. They're going to do it as fast as they can. And unless it has an impact on them and, and one that they can feel and see and touch, you can't expect them to really do a better job. But right. once you begin to give them the feedback on what they're doing, I promise you they will do a better job. Hey, Frank, my agency is a Hawksoft agency as well. And I need to publicly thank Chris Paradiso because as we were going through the transition, he borderline threatened me <laughs> if I if I did not not do what he did that caused all the pain and heartache for the past year, year and a half. Yeah. Uh, so he really helped me avoid that pitfall. He is one of the most wonderful human beings I know. I, I tell you this, he believes strongly in paying it forward. Right. And he will tell anyone and everyone about all the mistakes that he's made right. to try to save them the pain and suffering of going through those mistakes. And, yeah, and, you know, and we, and we do the same thing on this podcast. I mean, I, there, there are times when, you know, if I, if we do something stupid over here, I will talk about it on the podcast and say, guys, don't, don't do this. Don't yeah. do that. And I'll say this about management systems this is just my opinion and you may disagree with this, but I feel like if you're in the throes of changing management systems for whatever reason, it may be the best money you've ever spent to hire a consultant like a Peggy McDermott with uh, yeah. agency transformation. 
to assist you with that because sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. And then six months, three months goes by. And I think this is what kind of happened with Chris. There was a time period there that went by. And then all of a sudden uh, it's like, uh uh-oh, we've got a big problem where if, say, you know, somebody, Chris or anybody else would have had some expert in that particular management system working with them for maybe just a month or two just to make sure everything, the, the, the boxes were getting checked. Right. You, you might not have so much pain and heartache going down the line there. It's so unfair. I, I have to tell you, and when I was in charge of my company, Cisco, and I focused heavily on the creation of training materials. Uh, I was a big believer in interactive multimedia training today. That would be called video that could really impart to people the best practices for utilizing your system. And many systems today are highly configurable. And that means there's all these decisions that you have to make at the worst possible time. Okay. You know, as little as you're ever going to know about how this management system functions when it first comes through the door and they give you a list of 400 things you have to decide how to do before you can turn it on. Right. Oh my God. Who wants that? That's crazy. So having someone like Chris or someone outside of the organization, a a consultant who is familiar with the best practices for how that platform can be used, a third party that doesn't have an ax to grind, okay, and isn't on the clock because they collected $5,000 from you for the install and they're they're already burning through all that money, right? Right. So they're going to get out of your shop as fast as they can because they're on a budget. Right. That is the key to your success. And any amount of time that you need to take ahead of time, mm-hmm. I mean, and this goes back to the actual acquisition of the system. I cannot believe the number of agents who buy a system without ever visiting another agency who's got that system installed. Mm-hmm. How, how could you do that? Okay. Right. I mean, you've got to find somebody like you somewhat like your agency, who's using this platform and go and see what they do with it. Talk right, to them right. about what their experience has been, right? And it's worth whatever amount of time and money is involved. And these days we could do it over Zoom, but you got to connect with the people in your network in order to be able to know how you should be using this system. And getting an outside consultant, I would agree with you, 100% is well worth the money to ensure that you start off on the right foot, Okay. Management systems are very complicated, many of them, and there are many different ways to do things. You need to set it up so that it works well in your agency. When they ask you to configure the system that you got, the new system you got, the likelihood is you're going to copy what you know you did with your old system. Well, you're leaving your old system because you don't like what it does, but you know how it works. So you put that template on top of your new system and you've just created your old system in a new, new suit. And, you know, so it goes. And this is a hard thing. Changing agency management systems is like a heart, lung, brain transplant all at once. For an insurance agency, it's the very worst experience you can have. And you don't want to do it very often. Frank, I, I want to ask you this question. You've been, uh, you've been through a lot in terms of seeing the technology that's, come down the pike for years and years and years dating back to when we talked about it the first of this podcast what do you see as the future of independent 
agencies, and for that matter, even captive agencies in terms of agency technology. I know we've, you, you said in your article that you, we've really kind of seen a resurgence of agency technology that's come out here the last few years, but what do you see in the future? Well, I will preface this by saying if the money that resides in Vertifor and Applied Systems is allowed to continue to buy up smaller innovative vendors and basically kill them, absorb them, mm-hmm. then we're not going to see the kind of renaissance in the development of systems that I think is possible. However, there are a number of young, new startup agency management system vendors. I'm on the board of one of them, Quick Fusion. It was in the article, but they spelled Quick Fusion wrong. Uh, they spell it Q-U-I-K-F-U-Z-I-O-N. They can't spell very well, but they're really good technologists, okay? <laughs> they claim they don't want to be bought, okay? I talked to Reed uh, Hoffman, uh, no, what's his name, from Tech Canary, back when he told me he didn't want to be acquired, okay? <laughs> you saw where that went, okay? So I think, I think um, Reed said there was a lot of zeros on the paper. Well, and, and I get it. I mean, God bless you, Reed. I hope you're enjoying it wherever you are. But the bottom line is that system just disappeared. And if we don't see that kind of, you know, restraint of trade by acquisition, we will see some new vendors come up who are, in fact, capturing the data in a structured way, who are building in the kinds of integration and interfaces that are expected by the, the, the InsurTech vendors. And part of this is that they're small. They realize they can't satisfy. They can't do everything for everybody. And so they want to partner with people so that they can offer sort of the same breadth of solutions that a vertical and applied systems can offer. Right. That, uh, that gives me hope. Honestly speaking, I think agents, the, the operative word in independent agents is independent. I think they're going to continue to make decisions about point solutions for certain parts of their technology. They're going to want to buy the phone system from the company they insure, Right. They're going to buy, want to buy the text solution from somebody they know that, that is using it somewhere else. They're going to use the document management system that they want to use. They're going to use an email system and so on and so forth. The email is pretty standardized right now in the agency space, but a lot of these other things are not. And so you're always going to have these silos of information. Some of it's structured like the stuff that's in agency management systems. Some of it's unstructured, like document management or texting, uh, social media. And of course, there's a whole bunch of other data out there that we could be buying and using effectively. And so I see one of the future directions being uh, platforms that can take data from disparate sources, from the transcriptions of your phone conversations, the email, the text, the the documents, be they scanned or, or, or just electronic, the agency management system, and, you know, maybe something, you know, like uh, LexisNexis or Veritex and so on. And those platforms can pull all that data together and make sense of it. And right. so that's where the AI and machine learning platforms that can stream data from disparate data sources and make sense of it become so critically important. If we can assume that agents are going to continue to have these silos of data, then our only hope is that we get the API access to all those systems and have 
uh, players like Orius Analytics who can pull together all of that data in one place and provide dashboards that give the agent the digested you know, understanding and learnings and recommendations that were derived from that data. Yeah. That, that's the new big direction that I see. Hey guys, it's Bradley with the Insurance Guys podcast here. I know I'm interrupting your podcast listening experience right now, but I have a very important message for you. No singular individual has done more for the Insurance Guys podcast than the man himself, Mr. Chris Paradiso. And as you may or may not know, uh, Chris releases a magazine once a year called Be the Last Agent Standing that is a phenomenal resource for the industry. Guys, you do not, I repeat, you do not want to miss this year's issue. It features some fantastic articles from people like Ryan Hanley, Bob McCool, and even myself. And if you want to get your hands on a copy before they're all gone, text the word magazine to 251 237-9383. That's 251-237-9383. We will send you the link to purchase your magazine. Really appreciate it. Thanks. I came in this morning, Frank, to work, and I sat down behind my desktop, and I turned my computer on, and I was looking at my computer, and my cursor is moving all over the screen. Oh. And so I walk into my technology guy's office, and I said, Is there a reason why my my cursor's moving all over my screen? And he said, yeah, we're installing the bridge telecommunication right now. And then next week or the following week, we start our our trial with Donna, which is the ARIA. Yes, ARIA's analytics, right. That that you actually are doing some consulting with right now. And I think that that particular system is encompassing – a lot of the things that you just mentioned right. that, that will allow us to be able to have that customer score to determine, you know, where, where, where are our customers on that continuum of not happy at all versus very happy with what we're doing. I'll tell you a funny story. It's a Chris Paradiso story. And Aureus went and in order to help Chris understand what the value of having this third party data might be, they went to a company, Pitney Bowes, you've heard of them. They've spun off their data division into a company called Precisely. And what they do is they have demographic data about neighborhoods, about commercial buildings, about people's likes and dislikes. They get a mailing list for publications. So they know what magazines you're subscribing to. They have a whole bunch of other data available. So <laughs> there's a a little old lady that sits in the same pew with Chris at church every Sunday, right? She's insured her and her family forever. Tragically, her son and husband died uh, a year or so ago, both of them within a couple of months of each other. And Chris is very close with her. And, and so he uses her sort of as his bellwether. And so we took this precisely data and Donna, you know, configured uh, some uh, recommendations for this little old lady, right? <laughs> and one of them was to, uh, you know, uh, to offer her, you know, trip travel insurance and stuff uh, because she likes to gamble. She doesn't gamble. You know, I don't, what is this, you know? And there was a recommendation to talk to her about personal articles because, you know, she collects sports memorabilia and something else. And Chris is like, I, I never heard her talk about that. And last but not least, to check with her and see if she has a boat because she's interested in boating. Well, I know she's not interested in boating. She lives in a nursing home, for God's sake. Or no, in a, in a condo, an old a retirement condo, right? 
So he run, he, he mentions it to his, his uh, partner in, in crime and Stephanie. And Stephanie says, oh, well, I know she gambles. She tells me all the time about how she gets on the bus, you know, from the senior center and goes down to Foxwoods. Right. And he goes, wow, I didn't know that. And then he ran into her on the street and he says, do you collect uh, sports memorabilia and, or what the other one? She said, oh, yeah, my husband used to collect the other one, but I'm the one who collects the sports memorabilia. And he goes, really? I don't know how valuable it is, but we don't have any insurance on that. Well, and then he says, but you don't do any boating. Oh, no, no. Uh, my, my son and husband love to fish. They were big, big boaters. But uh, I, don't, I don't have a boat anymore, and we don't do any boating. He said, I wonder why I said you were interested in boating. And she said, oh, well, I still get his boating magazine because I just don't have the heart to cancel the subscription. And so Chris came back and said, I can't believe it. It was right. It was right about all those things. This woman I sit in church with every week that I talk to all the time, she walks past my office. I couldn't believe that there were this many things I could learn about that person from something as impersonal as precise. <laughs> this, I mean, and nobody works his community like Chris. I mean, I'm sure you guys do, but he is embedded in everything in that community. I, I would he agree with that. I've, I've seen that firsthand. Scott and I, when we were up there, we left for lunch and uh, we went to uh, the, uh, the little coffee shop sandwich place <laughs> right around the corner. And uh, as we're walking down the street, people are literally – like stopping their cars and waving, hey, Chris. And there's like yeah. a guy working on a building. It's almost like something I like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> like everybody's like, hey, hey, hey. And then um, that afternoon, there was a uh, procession for a police officer that had lost his life. Uh -oh. An entire town came out on the street and waved American flags and stuff. And literally like every police officer that went by, hey, Chris, hey, Chris, hey, Chris. So I would 1,000% agree with, with that statement. You should go for Flag Day some year. Yeah. Chris is, as you know, a big flag guy. He hosts the Flag Day celebration in Stafford Springs every year, and everybody turns out. I mean everybody. It's really old-town America in some way. So Chris does all those things. I get handwritten cards from his people. You know, when I do a, a, a net promoter score, when I respond to a survey, I get my Dunkin' Donuts uh, discount you know, card. I get, you know, birthday cards and Christmas cards. So he does all the old school stuff, but he does all the new stuff too. He works the social media. He has uh, uh, the Cotter Bridge integrated to his, his management system. He's funded the whole development of Donna. That's, that's all, you know, down to Chris, you know. He is a remarkable human being, so I can't say enough about him. And, and I think that's the key too, Frank, is like, you can, you can go super old school with the way you run your agency. You can go super new school and, and go the complete, you know, digital agency route. But to me, like the guys and gals that I look up to and study and respect the most are the ones that marry those two. And I think a lot of times the people who are more of the old school type agency see the technology as a threat. And I think the people that are more tech advanced see the old school as Maybe not, not necessarily a threat, but maybe a, an outdated business model. Waste of time. Not only can we, can we, we can learn stuff from each other and there's no one, you know, there's a million ways to skin a cat. But when you can successfully marry the technology with the old school, tried and true, blue blood, red ribbon business tactics, I think that's really when you can really win. It's a winning proposition. It's not an or, it's an and. Yeah. And, you know, 
agents have to take advantage of every you know tool at their disposal. I mean, the if the pandemic has taught us one thing, it's that we cannot afford to overlook digital engagement anymore. We just can't. You know, it's too critically important. Yep. And to talk about. I want to talk. I want to shift gears a little bit here, um, but kind of in the same arena. Um, I want to talk about download. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. So you've got, and for those of you that I know we have a large audience that are exclusive or captive agents or, or maybe non-agency owners on the independent side of the business, you have carrier download. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first of all, and I, and I stood on stage in Tennessee with Scott in front of powers that be and said, you know, it's ridiculous that if a, a captive agent writes a piece of business, it shows up in their management system immediately. And I have to wait 24 hours at best. Okay. And I believe that, but you know, I've been thinking about this a lot because what we have, and I know you know this, Frank, but I'm talking to the listeners is you've got some carriers that download, but don't download commissions and don't download the entire policy. And you got some that download, but don't download the entire policy and don't download commissions. And you got some that don't do anything at all. Well, you know, in our agency, when we write a policy, we have a, a, a handoff email that is sent to our virtual assistant who then there's certain questions on that. It's a structured email. It's the same every single time. There's certain questions on there that based on how they were answered, tell her what to do with the information. Okay. For our policies that don't download, that don't do anything, which is more than 51% of our book, it's entered in there the exact same way. Every time, very structured. She's amazing. She does not miss anything. And then our policies that download, obviously she does not enter those in there. And then they, you know, they come in the next day or next morning, that sort of thing. I consider the technology centered around download to be very, very, very outdated. I think there are many, 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 many tools out there in many industries that are far more advanced than that. I just don't think there's been much innovation around it. But we had a, we had one of our carriers. It's one of our larger carriers that does did not download. Um, they recently came out and started downloading they start downloading and, and they're not downloading commissions. They're just downloading new policies and renewals. And I'm like, I'm excited about that. But at the same time, I'm like, golly, like the, and the difference for you guys, I'm, I'm a young enough agency that I'm still reconciling my commissions for my producers. Okay. I want to make sure that they're paid the correct amount. And there, there'll be a day where I turn that over. And I have to a degree, some of you have heard my cover desk ad. I do have my VA helping me with that. But the amount of time for reconc and it's not a management system issue, the amount of time that it takes for me to reconcile my commissions for a carrier that downloads commissions versus a carrier that don't downloads is about two hours per carrier. Per carrier. And two hours for, for the carrier that doesn't download? Correct. Correct. Because I have to go through each policy, each statement, make sure it's right, and that sort of thing. Um, versus five minutes for a carrier that downloads commissions. And I'm, I was thinking in regards to this carrier, and this will shock all of you, but I'm, I'm known as a squeaky wheel to my carrier reps. <laughs> Might not surprise many people. I was like, it's almost like not worth it for you to, if you're not going to do that piece of it. But then I got to thinking, I was like, so, so then with this particular carrier, once they start downloading these new policies, I go in there and they are a, um, uh, it's an ENS market that downloads. It's, it's a rare bird. So you got the base premium, fees, taxes, commission, all that yeah. stuff, right? 
Um, the download that comes in is not right. And not only that, the commission that it calculates isn't right. So when I'm reconciling commissions, I am having to delete the policy out of the management system and add it back in there so my numbers are right so I can pay my people right. And I was thinking about us, I'm like, I'm like, damn, the data that my VA is adding in for the carriers that don't download is spot on 99.9% .9 perfect. I'm like, I can literally see myself, Frank, one day just saying to hell with download. We're not even going to download on the carriers that don't download. And I would love to like get your thoughts on that, but I'm like, why, why are we having to deal with this 1950s technology? Well, actually, as, and you're right, it's, it's more 1985 technology, yeah. but... I have to exaggerate for effect. <laughs> no, 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 I get it. it. And it is old, but so am I. And I would venture to say the problem isn't the technology, it's the implementation of the technology by the carriers. There is no excuse whatsoever for any carrier not being able to download 100% of their policy information and 100% of their direct bill commissions for reconciliation. There's no excuse. The problem here is I think agents have sort of let up on the gas, okay? And, and because, you know, they're frustrated with it, they're not going back to their carriers and saying you have to do better. Now, I will tell you, part of the reason why some carriers do policy download and not commission download or vice versa, it's all according to which system they implemented download on first, right? And when I say which system, it's because they literally will have two entirely different systems. One for personal auto, or maybe one for personal auto, one for the rest of their personal lines, but one for personal lines policy information, one for billing, one for claims and maybe separate by line of business in some cases. So they have to literally do, they have to build the download mechanism in both systems in order to make it work. But it's not that expensive. There, believe me, I work with the standards every single day, and those standards have been updated for every change to insurance that's come along in the last 35 years. It's, um, it's most check in the box. They wanna be able to say, we have download. Not how good is it, right? And that's where, that's where having somebody like yourself sit down on an agent's council, it's the key agents who, who are meeting with their, with their carriers who need to press the, the pressure points on this. And the problem is, I joke about, I can go into an insurance company and I can always find the claims department because it's in the deepest, darkest hole in the building. Well, AL3 download is under that department, okay? So... <laughs> That there, there, are, there are carriers who, who no one in senior management even knows who does this, okay? And again, this is where your, your, your trade association should come in. This is where ACT should be, should be acting and saying, we want better download. People have been talking about getting rid of AS3 download, you know, since the late 90s when XML was introduced. I got news for you. It ain't going anywhere <laughs> because it ain't broke. It's not the technology. Now, it is designed as a batch technology, so normally it does take an overnight, but I'll tell you, the Hartford is running downloads all day long, every 15 minutes now, okay? Now, is your agency management system configured to open up the mailbox every 15 minutes? I don't think so. So the fact that, that the Hartford is putting it in there every 15 minutes maybe isn't doing you any good. But, so there's a lot of moving pieces here. 
but it is a problem that we know how to solve. The technology is there, it's understood, and the people who know how to, to, to do this are not that expensive. You know, we're not talking about cutting edge technology. We can get people to work on this for, for a relatively small amount of money. You just have to make a commitment to do it and you have to have the business resources, you know, who are going to, to put the pressure on to get that money allocated to it. Hey, Frank, so, can't you call Ivan's and... What would you like me to call them? Exactly. But I can't, I'm not bashing Ivan's people personally. I've talked to a lot of those folks over there, as I'm sure you have, Frank, and I, I know Scott as well. Those are good people, yeah, but it's just, are. as Frank said, it's the implementation of the system that's not... That's oh, and by the way, Ivan's gets paid very well for every imp- implementation of AL3 they do for carriers, okay? So believe me, they'd be thrilled if we could get the carriers to invest more money in, in, in AL3 download. And they'd be thrilled to build. Direct bill commission reconciliation could not be simpler. It is the drop-dead, stupidest simple download there is. And the huge amount of time that it saves you that you're talking about here, Bradley, that should speak volumes. Does you, do your carriers want you, the production resource that you are, to be spending that much time reconciling, reconciling your commissions, or do they want you selling? I mean, it's ridiculous. Ivan's will be thrilled to get this work. Absolutely. They but, only do what they're paid to do, which is to be expected, right? And there's nothing wrong. The mailboxes work fine, okay? They're not cheap, but, and it's not as cheap as if somebody did a, a full internet you know, protocol implementation, but the carriers don't want to do that. I, I've talked to them. I've tried to save them the money. Why don't you just give me an endpoint? Send me a duplicate of AL3 and I'll, I'll map it to the mobile app provider that I'm working with, right? I know how to read it. I know how to map it. Uh, just send me it to an endpoint uh, through web services. Oh, no, we, we, we'd rather pay Ivan's to do uh, a, a carbon copy mailbox and you take it out of there and, and, and decode. Yeah. Ivan's is alive and well and serving the market. I don't blame Ivan's, the the folks, Thad Bowers folks or anybody, you know, there for the work they've done. They do what they're told the way they're told to do it by the carriers. The carriers need to be held accountable. And agents have to stop thinking this is going to go away. You know, I can understand you might want to get rid of it, Bradley, but believe me, there are a lot of people out there who couldn't survive. You're small enough to be able to do this. You get to a certain scale, you can't do it anymore. It has to come in automated. It has to. Hey, hey Frank, can't independent agents that utilize downloads, can't they call Ivan's and somebody there, it used to be Cal Durland, I don't know who it is now, yeah. will actually work with them on figuring out what their download speeds are to their systems? Yeah. Um, there's plenty of people at Ivan's to answer any questions that you want. The, the difficulty that Bradley's having which is the carriers simply haven't invested the money to even contract with, with Ivan's to do uh, commission download or the quality of the information. Look, the information that goes into an AL3 download is the same exact information that goes on the deck page. There is no way that you can get the deck page right and the download wrong, okay, unless you consciously do it wrong, okay? So the, it's not rocket science, <laughs> If they can yeah. figure out how to print it on a deck page, they can figure out how to put it in an AL3 record. I had a carrier that uh, is one of our bigger carriers 
about a year ago that I was trying to convince to download. They go, oh, we're going we're gonna to get to it. We're going to get to it. And then I said, well, I'm going to prove to them that there's a way to do this regardless. Right. So I used a, uh, what, what they do is when a policy is written, they automatically email the deck page immediately to your inbox, who the producer that writes it. And I said, well, this could be done through some sort of parser. Right. You do an OCR scraping of the deck. and Yeah. yeah. So I, I used, and every deck is the same. Again, back to data standardization. If your data is standardized, you can do more with it because it's going to be the same every time. And we, uh, which again is one of the benefits of Accord, we used uh, Zapier and uh, PD, uh, Doc Parser. Yep. Uh, Doc Parser, which costs about 30 bucks a month, which is about what you pay for downloads of your management system, and connected it, it, it assigned a unique email. And so when the decks would come in, we would forward it to that email and it would grab the information through Zapier and put it in my management system. I showed it to the rep and he was just blown away. I'm like, dude, this took like an hour. <laughs> you. Well, I'll tell you how you convince the, the carriers. Tell them you're not doing duplicate entry. If they won't send you the download, you're not going to put information in their systems anymore. I, I mean, I, I don't agree with keying the data directly into carrier websites, but I get it. In most cases, agents know their business well enough and know their markets well enough that when they meet with a customer and they get the basic information about the risk, they know where the markets, what the best market's going to be, right? They're operating on real intelligence, not artificial intelligence. And so to have your people go directly to that website and key it in makes perfect sense. You can get the quote right away. You can get the person to, to sign off on it. You can, you can get it issued in the same day. They can have their auto ID cards or whatever they need, binder for the closing, and it's all done. But to turn around then and key it into your management system is really adding duplicate work for you. And you're not paid enough money to do that. So if they want you to use their systems to place business, and, and the reason they want you to do that is they know that you place, you will try half as many markets to, to place a risk if you have to go to their website than if you could print applications and email them, right? So they're really in favor of having you go to their website. I don't know why they all think they're in the 50% that's selected, but they do, okay? And so- They all think their site's the best. Yes, yes, somehow or other, they are all getting the, the same amount of business, but agents are only submitting to half as many markets. I don't know, um, it's math. At any rate, tell them you won't use their website to submit it. I mean, you can't really do that. But, but threaten your rep with that. See how that works. You want me to use your website, you give me download. Frank, I appreciate you being on the show today. I'm going to have to close this thing out. Bradley, <laughs> thank you so much for putting this together. This has been a long time coming. Well, hey, hey, Frank, I got a question before you go. Who was the first person to be able to, to get a cord forms to where you could actually type on them? Was that so, you? Well, actually, it wasn't typing on the Accord forms. What we uh, did was we created green screens. This is back in, in the InsureNet days in the 70s. Sure. And we took the Accord forms, we broke them up into green screens. The agents typed into the screens, which sort of looked like Accord forms. Right. And then they printed them on pre-printed paper in impact printers, little dot matrix printers. Uh -huh. People, honest to God, when that first happened, people were astonished. They just couldn't believe it. it and it was so simple. 
<laughs> That's pretty cool that you were kind of the tip of the spear for that. I didn't really want to be the tip of the spear. I was drafted. <laughs> I sold that system. It was called Insurnet to Marshall McLennan. Uh-huh. And they installed it in a small commercial department first uh, down in Washington, D.C. And uh, I had always demoed the, the, the printing of the accord forms using a homeowners. You know, yeah. that's what most agents related to. <laughs> they went to print it for a commercial building and nothing printed, just the header information on the form. So I called up the company and I said, you know, something's wrong. It's not printing them. And they put me over to the technical group. And they said, oh, yeah, there's too much information in commercial lines. We couldn't figure out how to put it on the binder, so we didn't print it. And I went, I went, what? <laughs> Deer in the headlights. Right. And the, uh, the CIO for Marsh at the time, I, I was in his office on, on 6th Avenue in Manhattan, look, overlooking you know, from, I don't know, the 20th floor or something. And he said, you're going to fix this thing, or I'm going to throw you out that window. <laughs> And I looked at the window and I said, Walt, the window doesn't open. He said, I know. <laughs> so, right. so I had a development team. They sent them to New York and I became a developer. That's that's a true story. Hey, Frank. Walt Holler, wherever you are. <laughs> hey, Frank, you know what I was doing before we uh, we got on this podcast? No. Reconciling commissions. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing that in the next few days. That's a good pain because that also means I'm about to be paid, but we're licensed in a couple states other than Alabama. And one of the states we're licensed in, I have a producer there that is not super familiar with the cord forms. And uh, we, at, we are accessing some carriers through um, a big MGA, not going to name any names. And uh, it's eight carriers. All eight of them are competitive in the state and they need an Accord 80 to, uh, to get the quote. I was still doing it when the call started. Um, I was building a gravity form that pre-filled the Accord 80 for that producer so they didn't have to learn the Accord. So I think it's kind of funny that I was working on a 2020 version of that that impact printer <laughs> before Absolutely. we did the podcast with you, and that was not on purpose. <laughs> I, I, not much has changed. Our industry is very much the same as when I came into it. We have a whole lot more technology, but I got to tell you, the people that I've spent my career working with, the independent agents, they are still the closest to the customer. They are still the, the people who look out for their customers better than anybody else. And I'm very proud to have spent all this time working with independent agents, and I will continue to do it until the day I die. Hey, Frank, do you want to give me a Christmas present this year? I got one for you. Sure. You you come up with a way for all these agency build accounts that are like uh, through brokers and wholesalers, you know, that that we can't download because, you know, there's the, the policy's not coming directly into the agency. But a way for us to not have to manually input all of the excess and surplus stuff that we write and of course, a lot of those companies don't do, you know, they don't download commissions. They get a commission check or something like that. But right. man, if they could ever figure out a way to somehow be able to do that, I would be the happiest person on earth. To give you a little hope in that regard, if you check in with WSIA, you will find that the fastest growing sector for AL3 download is the MGA market. Really? And I'll, I'll tell you why. Because they're MGA. downloading it to their system. 
Right. Well, yeah. They they, 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 MGAs want to get it from the carriers, and they then can send it to you. So, once you figure out how to read an uh, an AL3 to put it in your system, you can figure out how to make an AL3 to send. Okay? So, the fastest growing segment of the market in AL3 download right now is MGAs. And I do expect, I mean, tell you what, email me the names of the companies and a contact. I'll call them and talk to them. Okay, Scott. So happy. I'm you just you it's, it's like Christmas over here. <laughs> hey, I am Santa Claus. Uh, you look just hey, do you play, do you do do you do Santa at Christmas? Oh ho ho. Okay. I'm Santa for the last ten years at the mall. Okay. I, I have an event policy coverage, uh a, a professional liability coverage. Okay. Right. That's amazing. Thank you. Hey, Frank, thank you. Hey, did, did Donna tell Chris that you had a beard and that's how they uh, sold you that policy? <laughs> indeed. Indeed. <laughs> hey, Frank, I, I want to say again how, how much I appreciate you being on here, and I hope this isn't the last time we get a chance to, to do this. I, I absolutely love talking to you. Well, you guys can call me anytime. This yeah, has hey, been a blast. <laughs> insurance agents from around the world, you have just heard the godfather of agency technology. You want to talk about somebody that has been at the uh, on the front lines from back when we had zero technology to where we are today. You have just heard a master's class on that, and we really do appreciate you being on here. Guys, as I always say, results come from action, not discussion. Get out from behind that desk today and go build relationships with people meet new people, go create relationships, utilize technology to help get you closer to your customers and to get your your employees making their jobs easier every day as well. Those are the two areas that I focus on in my agency when I talk about technology. Go do that. Make good decisions as an agency owner. Write good business for the agencies that you represent write good business for the companies that you represent and figure out what your why is and go make money for your why. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Frank. Frank, we we love you too. Hey, I love you guys. All right. You guys have a great week. You are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.